Hi everyone, I'm Sean West and I'd like to welcome you to Connect with West. On Connect with West, we're going to meet with people from all walks of life to share stories of their life, lessons they've learned along the way and the process they took to get there. We believe that there's so much power and connection and curiosity and, and we have such a wonderful opportunity to connect with Nathan Moran on the fourth episode of Connect with West. Nate and I actually connected uh, recently through the final four. He is the other half of Mind of a Coach. We had his co-host Asa Duval on for episode two. We now have Nate Moran on for episode four. You know, we had to invite him on because I said that Asa was the better half of Mind of a Coach and Nate wanted to defend himself. Um, I, I will just say Nate is one of the most genuine dudes I have ever come across. He, he just approaches everyone with such a humility and true care for people. Uh, he is the head coach at Copley High. He did time at Lee University. He was also a wonderful basketball player at Lipscomb where he amassed over 1,100 points, helped lead them to an NCAA tournament and an NIT appearance. Uh, Nate, what's going on, my man? How are you doing? Uh, first, I want to say you're too kind, man. That was that was a beautiful intro that probably spoke too highly of me, but I, I appreciate it. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And to defend the mind of a coach thing, I, you, you just ask some people, they'll tell you the truth. <laughs> but I will say this, Asa, Asa, about nine months in, I relinquished some control, gave him – Gave him the throne, and he's ran with it. So I, I actually have no problem with him being the better half. He has done a phenomenal job. Well, I, I tell you what, I, I think that for me, that Final Four trip was – it was my first Final Four. I, was it your first Final Four as well, or have you done a couple Final Fours before that? Yeah, so that was my first Final Four. What did you think of it? Because I guess it was during COVID for both of us, right? Yeah. And we, we didn't really have an opportunity to. My, but, I was supposed to go to the one in Atlanta and then COVID canceled it. I still remember. I'm like, man, I, I, I was hoping that we'd be able to go. Um, but COVID canceled it. And it, But you, you thought it was a, a good trip? Yeah, absolutely. And weird thing, weird how life works, right? Maybe I would have met you two years earlier. But you know, who, I you mean, know. but the, the thing is, is JJ and I, like, while we knew of each other, uh, we weren't really that tight. Yeah, now I would say JJ is one of my best coaching friends. Um, not even just a coaching friend, like just a good friend. Like he and I just spent an hour on the phone yesterday catching up, um, you know, and I think for me, it's all about relationships. And I think that for us to be able to connect and how we've stayed in touch, we still have our group chat from the final four. We still connect off of, you know, the group chat, um, you know, so ha- you just got the Copley job. You just moved to Ohio. You You uprooted your family. So how is how's the move been? How's been the transition uh, with the wife and the baby? Yeah, absolutely. It is. I, I, first, I'm going to touch on what you said about relationships, and there's nothing in life without relationships. It, money, success, whatever, power, whatever it is, without relationships, in my humble opinion, life is life is meaningless. Uh, but going off that, yeah. So moved up here, I guess, at the beginning of July. I mean. July 4th, drove from Nashville to Cleveland, Tennessee, started packing. July 5th, got everything out, had a couple of my players at Lee, at Lee help me get out of there, come up here, immediately get to work. I mean, get in here about 3.30, sleep for four hours, meet with my hopeful assistant coach. He's now my assistant coach. Have a great meeting. Thought it was going to last 30 minutes to an hour. Lasted four. We, I mean no better person I could have as second in charge. He will be a great head coach one day. I, and then we had a team meeting, you know, that night, uh, just team meeting, parents meeting, just establishing uh, the program, et cetera. And then started working at my other job as well the next day. So it, it was a wild, 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 like 48, 72 hours, but it is, it has been, a different and unique challenge being up here, being at high school, working a different job. And I I would say it's been one of the most rewarding things or rewarding experiences that I've had in a two and a half month period, I guess I would say, 
because it has just been so different. But family wise, it's been great, man. I mean, my wife, my wife is coaching college, or high school soccer. She's the assistant coach. Nice. They're number one in the state right now, 11th in the nation. They just won last night, 8-0. They're currently 51-1 and against their opponents in eight games. Wow. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's all my wife, you know. I'm just That's dope. I mean, they, she works for a, a awesome, awesome, awesome boss. I mean, the head coach of the women's soccer team is phenomenal. But anyway, so, yeah, I mean, my, my wife's good. I get to take my kid to daycare every single morning, get to pick him up. Man, li- life is pretty dang good right now. What? So you said that this was, like, the the most, like, unique challenge for you recently. What What made you want to make the jump from college to high school? What made you want to seek this type of challenge for you? And, and how has it been rewarding for you up to this point? Absolutely. That's a great question. What made me want to seek this is the Lord. I had no plans of seeking it is the honest truth. What happened was, is this job came open and my father-in-law also offered me a job and said, well, if the Copley job's also open, I said, okay, that's neat. And he said, well, you can also come work for me too. And I said, okay, well now that's intriguing. And going from that, I re- I applied for the job, not thinking much of it. I love Lee. I, I mean, I, I can't say it in past tense because I love Lee. I truly do love Lee. And Lee University, for anybody that doesn't know what that is, not not a human. I mean, I probably do love Lee out there. But um, but yeah, so I, I, I went through the interview process, had around one, went pretty well. And they asked me back for a second interview. And it was actually when I was at Belmont. Uh, working a kids camp and I just told the coaches like hey I think I'm gonna fly up to Ohio there's something going on I'm getting an interview I just want to see how this goes and when I met everybody everybody was super genuine and the more I thought about it my wife was obviously a huge advocate for me coming back to her hometown where she played where she went to high school all her family went to high school the Brenners are enriched in that tradition Um, so it, it was it was a unique unique opportunity. I didn't think I was going to get out of college coaching, but at the same time, my son played a huge factor in that. Mm-hmm. A huge factor. I I love college basketball. I love recruiting. I love scouting. I just love everything about college basketball in the sense that I get to do basketball for a living. And when I got approached with this opportunity, it was well, I have the opportunity to take my son to work or take my son to daycare. I get to pick him up. I get to bring him to the office someday. So today I had, I had him till one o'clock in the office. So there was an aspect that I was going to get to spend more time with my son and family. Like you said, relationships is the, what I would say is one of the biggest meanings of life. And, um, and it just made sense that I could be a good father doing this and be a really good husband. And that's that's what I really want to do is just be a good father and good husband. And I know I've fallen short of both and I'll continue to fall in, fall short. And I just want to keep picking myself up and be an even better father and a better husband. That's that's predominantly the reason that I decided that, to come to college. That's, that's so beautiful, man. And I know you and I talked a little bit at the Final Four about like just – me becoming a dad and some of the challenges that I faced uh, walking into fatherhood and, and some of the things that I was trying to do to be in a better place mentally and, and to be in a better place uh, of balance to, to be the best father I could be. So, you know, I think that's so beautiful that you're able to have your, your son, you know, raised around family and, and support. Um, how how has the transition to fatherhood been for you? I, I know that you welcomed him fairly recently. Um, I know it was shortly after the final four. I remember you're like, if 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 I get a call, I'm 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 out. I'm driving. <laughs> so I was how driving. Is, how is, I didn't know what I was gonna do yet, but I I was I was looking up plane tickets. I told Asa and Ryan. I said, y'all take my car back. I said we'll we'll figure it out. But I I, I have to be back there for my wife and for my son. But 
yeah, don't listen to that and take after me. It was probably a little bit too close of a call, but ended up she ended up holding off for you know another week or week or two. So how was how was becoming a dad? What what was that experience like, and how's the journey into fatherhood been for you? And what yeah yeah great question. I nobody whatever I tell anybody unless you are a father or mother you there's no words that can possibly explain it no no words that can possibly explain the love that you have for your child no no words that can possibly explain how much more i even love my wife no words that can possibly explain how to prepare for it no book no sermon no video nothing can get you prepared for fatherhood and what i would say is i have through fatherhood it has been the coolest difficult for sure, but coolest experience in my entire life. I, I would put it above anything and everything. What's because, been the most difficult thing for you? Oh, um, patience. I, it has taught me miraculous patience because I am, and you can ask JJ, you can ask Asa, my patience can run low and it has, and it's going to make me a better coach too. I mean, what we're doing is coaching life, right? And we just get to use a ball. Yep. That's that's all we're doing. So it's it's not anything profound, but at the same time, when your son is crying, you either pass him off or I, I so Bubba Smith, my former head coach, said, I'm gonna win. I'm just gonna win. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold him and I'm gonna do all of this and he's gonna fall asleep or he's gonna give in. I'm gonna win. I'm going to do anything I can to get this kid to sleep. And I've used that. And so I've almost made it like, I've almost made it competitive. So it's taught me patience though, too. in the fact that when he's crying, okay, well, why is he crying? Mm-hmm. Tired, hungry, dirty diaper. Usually it's one of the three. I mean, it's, there's not, there's not anything. A lot of options. Yeah. I mean, there's not, point. A ton of, yeah, there's not a ton of options right now. He doesn't have all these mix of emotions of, social media or relationships and you know, all this different stuff. It's, it's, it's pretty simple. And now he might have an ear infection or something, something of that nature mm-hmm. at the same time, they're pretty simple. So it has taught me to look for different, look for different reasons, check a couple off the box. And if none of those work, keep trying and keep trying and keep trying and don't freak out. He's just a baby. He can't help it. But it's also going to help me, I, I truly believe, the later on down the line with him as well, being patient with him when mm-hmm. he makes a mistake. We're all going to make mistakes at some point in our life. I've made too many to count. And what this is teaching me is, okay, well, how am I going to love my son through it? How, am, I going to, am I going to teach him or berate him? And it's, it's, been, it's been really cool because yelling at a baby doesn't do anything. Doesn't. Doesn't matter. How, like, I, I, I tell you what, bro, the, the thing that I learned with Gova is and, and this was hard for me because I, I look, my ego can fill up a room sometimes. And what I had to realize is this world is not about me. Period. It, it, it is the baby's world. It is Gova's world. It is Roman's. world. That is the world that we live in now. Mm-hmm. And the more that we can understand that it is not about us. And like it, I think that's just a beautiful, for me, the way that I look at it is a beautiful lesson for life is, you know, I preach selflessness to my guys, right? Like you'll never meet anyone that's gone poor from giving. Well, that means that we gotta, we gotta, you know, die to self, like, you know, dead the ego mm-hmm. and just be there for our child. Correct. And I know for me, and I don't know if this is the same for you, but I, I, I said in the, uh, in my solo podcast last episode that I felt like I brought zero value. I felt helpless. I felt like I was constantly failing because I'm holding my child and she is just crying. And I'm like, well, I, I cannot feed you outside of a bottle, but we breastfed her. So that is not, that's not something I can do. Right. And I, you know, I can't, I can wake up with her and change a diaper, but like, I'm not even great at that. The first time I changed the diaper, I put the diaper on backwards. Oh, hey, hey, retweet. I mean, I didn't even realize that there was a, 
at the time, I didn't realize that there was one side or the other side. I, I just put it on. I just strapped it, it on and thought I was good. It all looks the same. And, and, and I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't, I didn't really want to change it, Doc. I was, oh, gosh, what is that? Bro, <laughs> I look, I mean, I think that for me, I would have been – like I was – it's not weird, but I have a daughter. I, it's just different. It's different, and I had to learn. Parts. I had to learn the proper way. And it, it it was just like, it was such an intimidating experience for me. And then on top of that, like just balancing the lack of sleep, balancing the fact that I'm not a patient person, balancing the fact that my whole world changed. Because for the longest time, I was the center of the universe in my house. And now I, n- nope. And and that that's an insecurity in me. And only I could feel that. Oh, there was nothing that Severi could do. There was nothing that Gova could do. That that was a me thing, mm-hmm. and it's it's just interesting because I, I, I mean, did you for you did you have any struggles like that in fatherhood? Like I know that we struggle with patience, but like how was that with you? Just like that transition of adding another another piece to the puzzle of your family and your home. You know, one of the funniest things is when I was going through marriage counseling before Brooke and I got married, Mm -hmm. our, our officiant that married us was also our spiritual formations leader at Lipscomb. He was in charge of, he was basically our chaplain. Cool. And he told me, he asked me a simple question. Well, why do you want to get married? I said, life gets easier. He laughed at me. (laughs) I was like, what do you mean? Like life doesn't get easier. You're, you're with the person that you love. They they help you. You help them. Seems like it gets easier. He's like, no, it gets a lot harder. And you know the funny thing is, I'm married to such a wonderful and miraculous woman that she makes life easy. Er, not easy. Life's never going to be easy, but she makes it easier. And having Roman. It has a hundred percent, like you said, and what he was trying to tell me, it has made me check my ego. It has made me realize that this world isn't about Nathan. And the more that I've gone through it, the more that who cares what Nathan needs to get done tonight? Roman needs to eat and Roman needs to sleep and Roman needs his diaper changed. And guess what? I find it more rewarding doing those things. It's the same thing you talked about earlier in the podcast giving right give to others well now i get to give to my own son and what it's done is it's helped me give into others as well and so less sleep because you know i mean we don't even need to get into that whole portion mm. but that dude, first month's wife, rough yes yes but i'm gonna even go a, a step further because i gotta brag on my wife some more my wife is the one that wakes up in the middle of the night so the first night right we get back from the hotel or so my wife goes through 24 hours of brutal labor okay shoot at the all she wanted was to have a natural birth and he turned at the last second and we had to have a c-section all right and she was scared and i was trying to remain calm but i was also scared but i was like all right i gotta remain calm you know all that stuff well she has a c-section we're out of the hospital in a couple of days and we're in the we're in our bedroom and i said brooke just wake me up yeah i know you got to feed him but like let me change a diaper let me do something when I tell you I slept all the way through the night, John, I slept all the way through the night and I turn over and I'm confused because I haven't slept in a, like a long time. Cause I, mm-hmm. cause at the hospital, I was changing diapers cause Brooke was on bed rest after a C-section. Yep. And so I go, Brooke, why didn't you wake me up? She said, by the, by the time that I fed him, I was already up and I didn't see any purpose of waking you up if I was already up. And I, all I thought to myself in that moment was I'm married to one of the most selfless women in the entire earth and all it's wanted me to all it's made me want to do is be a better husband and it's made me fall more in love with her and and through that uh, hopefully that roman can see what a loving relationship looks like and hopefully gets to see some patience that i have not had in my past that hopefully i'm developing now so it's it's been a very very cool experience a very unique experience Roman's been awesome and it's not some lovey-dovey love that you have for your sunrise he comes out but it's it almost takes your breath away man it and it's just like I don't know what it is but I'll it's die it's life changing it, but, it's, but you know what I mean it's not like 
oh my gosh, I love you all this. No, it's, it's, it's like, like it, I'll die for you. I don't know what it is, but I'll anything that you do, I will do anything to protect you. It is indescribable. And and I tell everyone like the most connective experience I've ever had with Severia, it was the birth of Gova. It, yeah. it, it's the most connected I have ever been with her ever. And to be able to see our child and to watch her grow. Um, and, you know, I, women are superheroes. Like just, just, I have such an appreciation for all the moms out there to literally have a front row view of it. And it's like, you know, and that doesn't mean that dads don't hold their, their end of the bargain. Like, you know, we're, we're doing the best that, that we can, but like the, the things that they put their body through and, and everything that they're able to manage all while, you know, keeping our children alive and soothing them and loving them and the bond of a a mother and their child. It's, I mean, I have so much admiration and I literally, I I tell, I tell people all the time, I think Severia is the greatest mother in the world. Like I, I, I don't think that there's a better mother and, you know, Gova is so lucky to have, you know, Severia as her mom. And I'm sure you'll say like, Roman's so lucky to have Brooke. Oh, as, yeah, and, as, and, as and I would mother. battle you for that, but like we should, you know. For sure. It's, that, it's absolutely. the people that we love to death and it's the mother of our child and it's, you know, or, well, I don't know how you feel about soulmate, but I mean, it's the person that I want to spend eternity with, you know, outside of Jesus. But it's just, there's something beautiful about when you have that child, your your whole world just shakes and shifts. And going back to a question you asked earlier is that's exactly what it did to me. And that's why I'm in the situation I'm in right now. It's such a beautiful situation that I never thought I would be in. It, it, it keeps the main thing, the main thing. And that that's. And, and the, the best part, Sean, is you don't even know what the main thing is. But that's, that's part of the journey. Like, but you know, the main things about relationships, right? You know, it's about like the people right. that matter. So as long as you know what the people that matter and you're on that journey with them, everything else is going to fall in the place the way it should. Correct. But at, 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 I would also counter that and say, sometimes you take for granted the the people that matter because you just don't know. Totally. And you great. don't realize until all of a sudden it happens right in front of your face. And it's like, man, this is, this is a world rocker. Yeah. No, I, I've, there, this last year I've been put in a place of reflection and, to be able to see like how I have taken people for granted. I've taken experiences for granted and it has forced me to be more grateful, more expressive of my gratitude. Um, because at a snap of a finger, things can change at a snap of a finger, you know, an experience that you once had could be different. But then it just comes back to like, all right, well, you know, if we're, we're about love, we're about care, we're about connecting, we're about selflessness. Well, all those things exist in our orbit anyways, and we just have to make a conscious effort of, of doing it. Um, yeah, and it's so biblical too, you know. Oh, it, for sure. It, I, I mean. It, it's so biblical about how Jesus loves us and how he wants us to love others and just caring for others. Jesus didn't all of a sudden, I mean, on the cross, right? On mm-hmm. the cross. There's three people on the cross. There's only one perfect person on the cross, right? For sure. And he tur- and one person just asked for forgiveness, right? And he for says, sure. "I will see you in paradise." Yeah. That's all it takes. It, it isn't. It's not living. It's not. We can't live a perfect life. But as long as no, we continue we'll to grow and as long as we continue to chase after the right things, and sometimes there are wake up calls. Sometimes there is a baby that's born, and it makes makes me realize that I need to be a better husband and a better father or want to be these things. And I'm going to yeah. strive to do these things and everything I have, but sorry, that was my, no, point. no, that that's beautiful, man. I, I appreciate that. I got to piggyback on the, the first night story. I got to give you a funny one uh, from my experience. And um, the first night that Gova was back in the house, she, she actually spent three days in the NICU. Um, it was, I did it was, not know that you did not. Yeah, know it was that. really, it, it was really hard for Severia and I. Um, the crazy thing is, is that both Severia and I had COVID when Gova was born. Um, we did not know. Severia had it confirmed because we had to go to the ER, um, you know, check on the pregnancy and everything. Uh, I was still waiting for my test results because 
I was exposed by players on the team. Like we we had a we we had a COVID outbreak on our team. I think it ended up being like nine guys tested positive, a couple coaches. Um and so it ended up getting confirmed that I had COVID because Severia had COVID and it that's what caused Gova to come early. Gova was supposed to come in the New Year's. She was supposed to come January third. She ended up coming uh December twenty fifth, which is happens to be my favorite holiday. Christmas is my favorite holiday. I love it. It's literally my favorite. Like I, I decorate the house. Severa doesn't do the decorating. I decorate. I, I am I am such a a jolly person when it comes to Christmas. And so <laughs> I was telling people, Gova's going to be born on Christmas Day or New Year's Eve. She's going to be born on a holiday. I already knew it. And so when she when she came out, right, there was just some complications with her breathing and everything, and. Um, as a tribute to, you know, COVID. So she had to be in the NICU for, for three days. And that was hard for Severia and I. So we had to go home, you know, so Severia's still in the hospital. And because of the COVID policies, I had to go home. Well, I convinced the nurse to let me stay <laughs> an extra day. But then I had to leave and then come back and pick her up on the 27th. Then we had to come back and we were able, end up being able to get Gov on the 28th. Well, the first night that we have Gov in the house, um, you know, it's a deeply emotional experience for us to finally be able to hold our child, you know, because right when Gova was born, they took her away from Severia, put her in the box. Holy it, cow, it was, dude. it was hard, man. It was, and you know, for me, I wasn't even thinking in terms of Gova. I, I see my child and I'm like, oh, she's beautiful. But then I go right to how Severia, you know, where, where is she at in this process? Because she, her body is crashing. She had labored for 24 hours and you know, it, I just want to make sure that she was okay. So anyways, we get Gova in the house. It's, it's beautiful experience. And we have our first night. My mother-in-law's in the house too. And, you know, we come up with the system where I'm going to get up and get the diaper. I wake up. I'm half asleep. I live in a Philly row home, three floors. Oh, Steps man. are steep, bro. They're steep. Oh, man. I missed the first one. And I took a tumble right down that whole flight of steps. Severia freaks out. She's like, oh my God, are you okay? Are you okay? I'm like, I'm good. I, I had, I was, the pain was in the shame. It was not the fact that my body hurt. I was just so ticked off that I fell down the steps. I was like, I'm good. I'm going to get the diaper. Don't wake the baby. We're fine. <laughs> yep. uh, so when, when you tell me that first, that first night story, I'm like, man, I, I have a good one too. Uh, Dude, and you know what's funny about that, Sean, is the same thing that you just said about how you just wanted to be with Severia. That, and I said her name correctly, right? Yep, yep. It's always been tough for me. Um, also love the way your daughter's name is spelled. Um, for anybody that doesn't know, ask Sean. But anyway, so on, when we had that C-section, all of a sudden, finally, that's why <laughs> this is pretty funny. So they take Brooke back about... 15 minutes later, they take me back mm -hmm. and they, I, Brooke looks at me. I'm trying to like talk to her. And she said, she put her hand or she can't put her, she can't move. She goes, she just look, turns her head and says, don't talk. I said, okay. Because she knows I can talk. I mean, you know, I can talk. She, she was, she just told me don't talk. And I said, okay, well, I disobeyed her rules. I turned back to the, the nurse back there. And I said, how long do you think it'll be? And he said, within the next 10 minutes. And I kid you not, about three minutes later, I heard a, a cry and I just started bawling, man. I just started bawling. It was, it was such a beautiful experience for how much Brooke had gone through. Yeah. And they put him on the table. They did, you know, the slap or whatever they do. And they said, do you want to, do you want to come over and see him? And I said, absolutely not. I said, it's not because I don't love him. But I, I just need to be with her right now. And I said, and they said, well, we, I can take some pictures for you. I said, please, but I'm not leaving my wife's side because just like you, it's like, and like I said earlier, it just made me adore my wife so much and made me want to do anything for her. It, it, and it's, it's so funny. Like I said, there's earlier in the podcast is there's nothing that can prepare you for it. And there's nothing that can m make you feel that way other than maybe having a child. I, I just don't know a bunch of experiences. I'm sure there's other life experiences that can make you feel that way. But for me, it was such a miraculous experience. 
it's the most unique experience I've ever been through in my life. And I'm, I'm so grateful for it. I wasn't ready for it. I, I definitely wasn't ready for it, but I'm, man, I'm, I'm such a better man. I'm, I'm a, I'm a better person. I'm better for everyone because of that experience and because of getting the privilege to be Gova's father. You know, I'm like, I, it's the greatest job I'll ever have is being dad to her. Um, you know, so I always thank Severia for giving me that opportunity and allowing me to share in that journey. And, you know, she's, she's a rock star, uh, as a mom and as a woman, you know, everything, like, it's just, I'm grateful, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate. Um, you know, so I, I, I really appreciate you sharing your perspective on, on fatherhood. So you, what is for you, you, you said family was a big driver in, in making this move up, up to Copley, um, being able to be around family, being able to be around your son. Um, how is that translating to your professional career at Copley of like that family, that care, that love? Ooh, that's, that's a deep question right there. And it's funny because I, I wasn't far from family. I was about two and a half hours from my family, mm-hmm. which is beautiful. Uh, so there was never a Tennessee or a Cleveland versus Akron. Um, yep. That was never a thing or never a point to be made, whether which one we would choose. It was just wherever the Lord would take us. And we decide to come here. I mean, once again, it was an opportunity to spend more time with my son. It was an opportunity for my wife to be around her family. It made sense. And it was not an easy decision. It was not an easy decision at all. At the same time, your question, to answer your question, it has, I don't know if it's necessarily changed how I would approach my my coaching style, but like I said earlier, it's given me more patience. Mm-hmm. It's it's allowed me to understand one these first and foremost these kids aren't me. All right, these kids have different things going on in their life. They there's a different generation that's being brought up. There's different challenges. Social media is playing a huge part in that. We can get on that another time on another podcast or something else. But at the same time, these kids have different things going on in their life than I had growing up, and. Some of these kids don't love basketball the way I love it, and that's okay. But teaching them really good life lessons throughout the process, and I'm just at the beginning of it. And hopefully I will do a fair job at it throughout my time at Copley and just teaching them more importantly than winning and losing ball games, that'll that hopefully that'll be the product. But at the same time, falling in love with the process of being so I like you said, we've talked about care a lot, and that's that's the backbone of our program is care and care. I always ask the guys three questions. Um, what are you doing? How are you doing it? And how is it affecting others? Um, and it's very simple and it translates to the basketball court, but it, tra- it it's more important off the basketball court when you step into real life. And are the, the, I, I also broke it into four acronyms, not trying to get too complicated here, but we're not four acronyms into an acronym the four words and it's character, attitude, resiliency, and effort. And I, I, before every single uh, practice in July, I asked him, I said, what does it mean? What does it mean to care? What does it mean to care? What are the three questions that we ask for care? And I said, so when Love we that. answer, what are you doing? Okay, well, what am I doing right now? I'm, I'm practicing basketball. It seems pretty trivial, right? It doesn't seem super complex. Some, it means more to others. Some are trying to go college. Some are, some are just trying to have a good high school experience. And, but you're playing basketball right now. Okay. That's, that's a simple answer. Then how are you doing? it? Okay. Well, I'm kind of going through the motions right now, or I'm getting frustrated. I'm working my tail off. I mean, all different points of the spectrum. Correct. And so I have them answer that it, there's, di- there's different levels that you can attack it. Well, how, how are you doing it? it you are always affecting somebody else other than yourself. Period. There's no other way around it. No matter what you do in life, it will affect somebody else. And you have the opportunity to affect somebody positively every single day. And so if you're stepping on the basketball court, which is I'm just using as an example right now, basketball court, how is it affecting others? Well, if I am frustrated, that's going to roll off onto your other teammates. And it's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to be frustrated. But at the same time, what we talked about with our child 
is you have to learn from it and then pour into others. You have to give into others. You have to continuously give into others. And so if I'm playing my butt off, how is that affecting my team? Well, more than likely, people are going to see you doing that, and they're going to want to respond to that, and they're going to want to play that same love. And then if you're pouting or you're doing other things, that's affecting others too. It's giving people the opportunity to see you in a different light that you probably don't even view yourself in, or it's telling people that it's okay for me to do it. And so these are just on basketball, but when it comes to life, it's the same thing. How am I approaching the classroom? What am I doing? I'm going to class. How am I doing it? Well, I'm showing up late. How's that affecting others? Well, now the teacher's having to talk to me. My classmates are like, oh, he doesn't show up on time. He can't do this. And then when it translates into the real world, into work life, you're going to lose a job potentially for some silly stuff, just not getting to work on time, you know? And so everything has a reaction and sometimes it causes a chain of reactions. And so the better that we can establish habits or habits, habits early. And I think that's the beautiful thing about high school coaching is I get to help establish these habits for their next step in life. And their next step in life is getting to play for you, Sean. It's, it's, it's getting to go to college just to get a degree. In some, it's getting a trade. I believe yeah. heavily in trade. If, you, if, if money or something can't get you into a, a certain opportunity, I hope that I've taught them to work their absolute tail off and to keep their head up and be positive, and they will be the most successful in their business. And, and this is the, also the thing. It's also what you define as success. Because success looks at, different to everybody. Some think it's money. Some think it's jewelry. Some think it's one thing or the other. Mine is a family, man. Mine is getting. To, mine is hopefully reaching the pearly gates one day, and the Lord looking at me and saying, "Well done, good and faithful servant." So, everybody has different levels of success, and if I'm helping them through the process that we've talked about off air, then I think we're gonna have a pretty good shot at that. No, I I love that, dude. I, I gotta ask you, man, and I know this is a big part of your story, and your journey and i want to give you the space to honor that too is you know you've talked about your faith and you know your belief in in jesus christ as your savior um how how has your faith really guided you through your journey as a, as you know from time that you know child nate to to you know fatherhood nate you know how is how has your journey with faith been and why is that, why do you feel it's such a significant part of your life? Cause it, it exudes out of you, man. It, it just does. And everyone that comes into contact with you knows where you stand, knows what you're about. And it's not even in a way that is like, you know, pushy or anything. It's just, that's you. So I want to give you the space to kind of talk about that. I would say that my faith journey, it, I, I think everybody's faith journey is different. Everybody's is some people, have never taken a sip of alcohol. Um, they, they've gone by the rule book and they are passionate about Christ and they are following Christ with all their heart. And it's so beautiful to see the world changers, right? They just have this discipline about them. That's absolutely phenomenal. Some people have been hit with stones and you have to pick yourself up. And I would say mine is mine has not looked perfect. I, I would be the first one to tell you that mine has, been ugly in so many ways without getting into too many details um, not saying the right things not acting the right way not treating people a certain way letting my frustrations um you know there's I, I could go down the list of multiple different things that um that have not been perfect and my faith journey is what i mean the third word in care is is resiliency is once you get knocked on your butt, how are you going to respond? When you make a bad choice, are you going to make it a habit or are you going to change your lifestyle? And too many times I would even probably say is that I've made it a lifestyle at times. And I've, I haven't made it who I truly, truly am. And so it's interesting to see how resiliency has played a part in my life in the faith journey because God doesn't call you to be perfect. He just, he just, calls you to chase after him. And when you're chasing after him, you realize that your life is for a bigger purpose. It's living for others. It's giving to others. It's doing things that are not normal in society. It's, we live in a society that's very me-based. And it, which, is, which is not a bad thing, I would say. It's okay to think about yourself. That, that's another stipulation is that some people think, oh, it's about me. So I, that's wrong. You know, 
but at the same time, it's okay to think about yourself, but like the third question in care was, was how is it affecting others? And if we, if we can really dive into every single action has a consequence, is that me or you? It ain't me. Uh, I got some fireworks going on behind me, but I love it, man. Love it. That, 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 that might be the Lord telling us something. I know, I know, but I, I guess my faith journey has been just that God gives us grace and that doesn't mean that we're called to live the same lifestyle that we have previously been living in. And if we if we slip up and fall back, get back up on your rocker and keep pushing. So I, I think that's played a part in every single thing in my life, whether it's being an OK husband for however long, being a bad husband. I mean, even being a bad husband and then being like, OK, this isn't how I have to live my life. I can be a better husband or when I fall short with Roman or when I fall short with my players or my friendships or say the wrong thing. That's not that's not who I am. And I shouldn't expect that to be somebody else, too. So if I have a bad first impression of somebody, that's not necessarily who they are. And that I, 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 I agree that my faith journey has definitely played a part. I wouldn't even say that I'm, I've been proud of my faith journey along the way. And that's just my ego and my shame taking over instead of letting God really, truly work within me. No, I, you know, I can I appreciate that. I, I just think, you know, I when I think about our interactions, I just know it shines through. And this is just like a dude that, you know, we met six months ago and, you know, I, I can always appreciate your perspective because I just know it comes from an authentic place and you're willing to acknowledge that you're not perfect. And I think that you really show, in my opinion, the, the truest version of the love of Christ in the sense that like, it's not built on shame. Like I know, men can cause shame women can cause shame like the way that we we can judge i i just think that you're just a super humble person that just comes from a very genuine place and i i always appreciate that i guess you know before we get to the rapid fire i want to ask you like when you think about your life and you know if you think about high school nate you think about college nate you think about you know nate post-grad you know, at Lee University and Nate now is a father. So there, there's four, four different Nates there. Um, if you think of one word for each portion of your life, for that, that season of life, what word would you pick for those seasons and why? Oh, goodness. Well, I would say high school Nate was resiliency. College Nate probably didn't battle through battle through it as tough as right now Nate would have liked him to. He got hit with some challenges. I don't think he took the right path on every single challenge. Every single I mean, what what do they say? They say if you're not if if you lose, it's a lesson or uh what what's the what's the phrase I'm looking for? You never lose, you you just learn. Yeah, you never lose, you just learn and unfortunately at the time I lost in college and I just kept losing off. Like I just felt that I kept losing off the basketball court mm-hmm. and I just kind of turned it into a lifestyle. And it's, it's, it's funny looking back on it now that I'm not, I don't regret anything, but at the same time, would I have done something differently? Maybe, but at the same time, I don't know if I would be sitting in the chair that I am right now. If I had, you're doing the best you could with the toolbox that you had. Like I think about like my past, it's like, man, like would I have liked to have made better choices? Certainly. But same time too, I got to give myself a little bit of grace Exactly. and be like, Hey, that that's where I was at by the grace of God. I'm, I'm, I'm standing here today. Mm-hmm. And I had, I, I now have the ability to reach yeah, hundred percent people based off of my experiences, you know, that, that, so I, I think I, I understand where you're coming from with that. Yeah. And even, even going to the basketball court, I mean, I got, I got injured after my junior year and, or during my junior year, I played through two hip tears and found out I had torn both my labels after the season and had surgery, set me out for my senior year and then came back. And, you know, I talked a lot with people that I had the choice of, or how I viewed it. I had the choice of going to shoot extra or going to practice when in reality, there's multiple different choices than just two. And sometimes you might not see them. 
but the choice that I, I also could have asked, or I could have went to my coach and said, coach, honestly, I'm hurting. And just been authentic with him. Just, honestly, I'm hurting. I don't know if I should practice today, but I just didn't want my teammates to think a certain way that I was skipping on practice or anything like that. So I tried to grind through practice in return. I didn't feel I could get up extra shots because of how bad my hip was hurting. Mm-hmm. And so I look back on that and I say, well, was I resilient enough? Did I have tough conversations? I don't think I had enough tough conversations when I was in, in college. And so even bleeding into graduate and going forward until I met Roman, I felt like maybe I should have had tougher conversations. Maybe that would have been a staple in my life that could have changed my life because at the same time, people don't know until they know (laughs) until someone makes them aware. And whether that's me or whether it's somebody else that I'm talking to, people don't know. So kind of went through that. And then it's been since having Roman, it's been just innate. I'm more proud to be, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. The shame still creeps in and I have to relinquish it and say, you know, God is in control. God has these, has these lessons for a reason. Am I going to learn or be a subject to my past? And it's super hard. I mean, I I know that everybody has their struggle, but men in general, men don't want to share their struggles. We don't. And it's just been, it's been super eye opening to me to be able to forgive myself in certain instances and be able to move on and just live in the present and be a great father and be a great husband, and be a great friend. And through that, I, I, I guess I, hopefully I answered your question, but yeah, those are, those would be probably, I, so I, and you said like three different stages, man, it's been, it's been year by year. It's, it's, it's been crazy. I mean, life is crazy month by month, day by day, your decisions, your habits that you create. It, it life has just been wild. Dude, I, I appreciate that. And I, it just means a lot to me that you're, you're opening up that piece of you. And um, I, I, I get it, man, to, to shame can be such a prison. And, you know, I, I've dealt with my fair share where I, I had to forgive myself and I had to make the decision that I'm not going to look through the rear view mirror of the car anymore because my life's not there anymore. My life is right in front of me. My life is through that, that windshield. And I'm, I'm so focused on being the best person I can be because if I'm focused on the mistakes that I made that do not define me, that no one, the reality is, is, and this is for anyone, not just men, but I think especially with men, we allow our mistakes to cripple us We because we are just our harshest critics. Um, And the tough thing too, is that we don't share. We, we, We don't, we don't feel like we can share with people and what I'm finding, man. And this has been the beautiful part of this journey is that, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. You're not alone. And there's so many people and it it doesn't mean that we're all struggling with the same things. Right. But we, you identify with shame. I identify with shame. We identify with being, we have to forgive ourselves. Mm -hmm. We're not alone. And and like, that's, that's the beauty of relationships, man. That's the beauty of connections because now we, we can talk about it. Like I I knew I was going to have you on the podcast very early on because you are one of my friends that just had a baby. Yep. You're one of the dudes that can absolutely identify completely with my experience. And it doesn't mean that our experience was the same, but man, we have a lot of similarity with some of the, the things that we experienced because you with Roman, me with Gova. Yep. And, you know, I, I just appreciate your, your honesty, man. Like it, it means a lot to me. And um, I would even say this, Sean, is that, Going back off to what one of your points is, there's a difference between character and reputation. And when you're going through shame, we get so tied up on what our reputation might be Mm. instead of changing who we are intrinsically. And the more that we can dive into ourselves and be the person that we want to be and just take baby steps every single day and walk in that path, that's your character, man. That's your character. And your character isn't defined on your past. That's your reputation. Your character is who you are and who you are pushing to be. Yep. Yep. And, and that's not, that's not a convenient choice. You can't, you can't pick and choose when your character shines through that. That is a, that is a daily choice. Yep. Um, to daily moment by moment. Exactly. Well, look, dude, I appreciate it, man. When that, we, we just went into some heavy stuff. We're about to lighten up the mood a little bit with some, yeah, with man, some wow. good old rapid fire. We talk about basketball. We talk about life. 
Oh no, sir, no, sir. We basketball does not define us. That that might have brought us together, but that's not what's keeping us together, my friend. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. All right, here we go. You, you ready for some rapid fire? It's you got to answer this. I, I took off my hat. I'm trying to, you know, lock back in. So here we go. All right, you, you get to answer this in one word, one sentence, okay? And I know that might be a little tough for you. So I'm going to tell you the same thing I told my brother <laughs> in the pilot episode. You get two verbose, I'm going to cut you off, all right? Yep, nope, I'll, I'll do one. I'll do one. All right, favorite wait, movie. Wait, 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 wait. Ask me the question. One word, one sentence? One word, one sentence. Okay. Favorite movie? Oof. One, this is the one word. You can name the movie if the movie has more than oh, one word. Gosh, so many good movies. <clears throat> Is there a genre I have to pick, pick from? No, what, 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 what's your favorite movie of all time? I'm going to be honest. This is going to be a weird one. I really like Hitman's Bodyguard. Hey, there you go. Good movie. Some good humor, some good action. Uh, oh, I love Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Last song you've listened to. Also, who doesn't like Ryan Reynolds? Last song I listened to. I mean, if I had my phone here, I'd tell you right, right quick. Here. It's got to be something. Well, shoot, this is not rapid fire if I'm looking for my phone. All right. Last song that I listened to. Drumstick. Bigger than I thought by passion. Christian song. Love it. All right. If you could pass one rule for the whole world to live by, what would it be? Care. You, why? Why care? Does this still once? One no, no, no. You're allowed to expound now. <laughs> I think if we got outside of ourselves and truly cared about our neighbor, life would be really, really, really simple. Because you'd have a bunch of people trying to help others and all of that encompassing the word love. And we would be caring through love. So I guess that would be a sentence. Love that. Love that. What's the worst advice you've ever been you've ever been given? I can't give a word or a sentence on this. This is so deep. This nope. is so deep. fired away. I'm now now you got me intrigued. Okay. Well there any advice that's ever been given is a lesson, right? Mm -hmm. So every lesson is good. Oh, sheesh. But if I was to have one bad advice, do you stop me? Come back. <laughs> what's we'll, the best, we'll get back to that. What's the best advice you've ever been given? Best advice that I've ever been given? All right, this is a story. Dead gummit. I'm, I'm really screwing this rapid fire no, up. No, fired away. Um, Look, this is so, beautiful. So in fifth grade, I told one of my – I was taking a biology quiz. All right? I was taking a biology quiz. My professor or my, uh, my classmate, I walked out, and he said, how was it? And I said, dude, I didn't know you had to know cell theory. Well, the teacher came out and said, did you just tell somebody what was on the quiz? I'm in fifth grade. And I said, yes, ma'am. Like not thinking anything of it. I didn't think it was a big deal. Right. And she said, well, I'll see you after. And I said, okay. I didn't, I was like, I was really confused. Well, anyway, they tried to give me, I was at a private school. They tried to give me an honor offense, which is dang near getting kicked out. Um, well, when I got home, my dad, I thought my dad was going to be really mad at me. And he looked me in the eyes and told me, Nate, I'm so glad that you told me. The, I'm so glad that you told the truth. That means more than anything. And from so that that just really poured into my life. So best best advice ever given or been given is tell the truth. I I love that you were able to tell that story to go along with that best advice because that it really makes sense. And it, you never know what those core memories are going to do and which core memories are going to stick out like that. But like yeah, that's but that fathers. has stuck with you forever. Yep. And now that we're fathers, we get to look at that and we just every single action is intentional. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. So we, you know, I, I, I asked Asa a hard, hard hitting question uh, about who's a better teammate uh, between JJ Butler and Asa Duvall. And I, I told you I might ask this question in, in the, the pre-interview of the pod. Uh, so who 
was a bigger asshole between J.J. Butler and Asa Duvall. Oh, gosh. Different types. Different <laughs> types. Uh, basketball court or off? Off the court first. For sure, Asa. That doesn't surprise me at all. For sure, Asa. Unknowingly. But probably- J.J. was the bigger one on the court? Asa didn't speak much on the court unless he was talking uh, to his team, but JJ had a little bit of stuff to him. So, yeah, I would say JJ. I I can only imagine because I J, JJ he he talks his shit a little bit. He definitely oh, does. Yeah, yeah. And, and once once again, going back to answer the question that you guys asked, best teammate, uh, it's no doubt in my mind. It's JJ Butler and Eli Pepper, um, those two best teammates I've ever had in my entire I'm life. I have to get Eli on the pod. For sure, for sure. And J.J. Butler, um, man, nobody talked about this, but when he – J.J. and I had a bond that was pretty unique for being two years apart. I really, really looked up to J.J. And J.J., this is funny. So the first time that I came in, I might have told you this before, but I show up at the gym and J.J.'s there. I'm like, I'm getting in early and J.J.'s the only one there. And I'm like, man, I feel like more people want to get in the gym. You know, I'm in college. Everybody's going to want to get in the gym. Well, all of a sudden, JJ and I just became close because we worked extremely hard. Yeah. Well, anyway, JJ and I just built this bond, and JJ is just a person that loves everybody. And JJ, when he left, when he was leaving, dude, I bawled my eyes out. I gave him a hug, and I just started bawling because of how much JJ Butler means. And that's just why he's going to be a successful coach or successful in whatever he does in life. Uh, but on the court, JJ. Nah, that that's what I I figured. Um, look, listen, worst Nate. Advice, worst advice. I I I got it. I got it. Go fire. Winning is everything. I agree. Hey, the scoreboard is not. For so many people, they they measure success by the scoreboard. All the scoreboard is, is ego. All it is validation. You know. You know what I've learned that as I've gotten older, all that validation that we think we need, it, it's trash. We don't need validation from others. The only validation we need is from ourselves. Now it would be nice to get validation from others. We can agree with that, right? Like, oh, if Brooks says, "Nate, you, you looking good today," like that makes you feel good. Oh, but, Sean, I mean, the way you dress in games. Oh, somebody better tell you how good you hey, look. Hey, don't don't give up my secrets now, <laughs> <laughs> Nate, my man. I I appreciate you, dude. Like this, obviously, you know, I'm I'm so grateful for you to give me, you know, an hour of your time. I, I told you it was going to go like 40, 45 minutes. So for you to give me an hour's deeply meaningful for me and i i just really appreciate our friendship i appreciate the relationship that we're building and you know obviously i'm going to be rooting for you at copley and you know we'll be exchanging dad stories you know we might have to start like a parent corner or some stuff start talking about what's going on with our kids what's the cool thing that our kid did did this week um especially because they're starting to get into a fun age like gova's crawling she's about to be walking bro She's about to be walking. She's moving and grooving. It, it is so much fun. That is, that is wild. That is wild. So good yeah, luck. That's going to be coming for you soon. Yeah, Roman just started rolling over, you know. So it's it's pretty crazy. You can't put him on a mat and all of a sudden he's on a stomach or, you know, he's back to his back. You can't look one way. He's halfway across the room. So Yeah, got to be careful with the bed. You can't leave him on the bed unattended. Now he's rolling over. Roll, roll his tail right off the bed. Yeah, yeah. Well, he has a great mother. Well, that, that – <laughs> Isn't that a blessing, right? Isn't that a blessing? Listen, dude, I, I know that you want to get to your family, but I, I appreciate you. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, we're going to talk after this pod is done, but I, I appreciate you, man. Thank you for giving me your time. Thank you for sharing your story. Um, and, you know, uh, I guess before we sign off, do you have anything that you want to plug? Do you want to tell the, the listeners where they can find you and, and connect with you? Yeah, so my Twitter and Instagram is Coach Nate Moran. I'm also on LinkedIn, Nathan Moran. Um, that's not as active. We'll get there. Um, I would also say this, if I could leave with one thing, is, Sean, one, what you're doing right now is phenomenal. Uh, connectivity is absolutely a central part in life. Relationships are a central part of life. Loving and caring for people are a central part of life. And the more that you have people on and the more that you talk about other people's story and dive into other people's story, the more that you can also bring out your story as well. And although that you are mediating this podcast, you have the opportunity to pour into so many people. So I just want to encourage you to keep doing what you're doing, man. And anybody that hasn't tuned into this podcast before, this is in surely nobody's listening just because it's me. 
keep tuning in because he is bringing on really, really good speakers. He's bringing on quality, quality people and people that have just gone through different walks of life. And you can learn from anybody and everybody. So I just want to advocate for you, man. You're doing a phenomenal job. Keep doing what you're doing. I know that Brent Athens is going to continue success and maybe I'll get you a player or two up there eventually. Thank you, brother. I, I appreciate you. Well, this is Sean Western. I'm going to sign Nate Moran and myself off of this episode, episode four of Connect with Wes. Thank you all, and we'll see you next week.